Welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast, helping you invest in property for freedom, choice, and profit. You'll learn new, innovative, and multiple streams of property income, whether you want to start, scale, or systemize, and even if you don't have deposits. Hi everyone, Kevin McDonald here. I'm really excited about the next interview because the guy I'm about to interview, I've known for a few years now and um, he's been around the progressive property community um, inspiring other people for quite a period of time. So um, his name's Ranjit Chira. So Ranjit, thank you for joining me today. Um, just for anyone who doesn't know you, Ranjit, can you tell them a little bit about your, your journey before property? So what life was like before property? What were you doing? And then um, why you decided to get started in property. Hi, Kevin. Yes, thank you for having me on. It's such a, an, an honor to be on, you know, on the same stage as you, effectively, if you can call this a stage. So It's a stage. Um, it is a stage. <laughs> I, um, my business partner, Satnam Sian, and I started property. It would be, 20, in, in honesty, 2016. And we were sort of educating ourselves in 2015. Um, so that was, what, five or six years ago. So 2014, end of 2014, I got very ill. And that was kind of a bit of a wake-up moment for me, uh, having spent a, a couple of weeks in hospital and then another five months effectively learning to walk and learn to talk again. Uh, so I had septicemia, or sepsis, as, as they call it now, and it was quite bad. And it got me thinking, and Satnam came to me and said, look, we did property 20 years before in the 1990s. So this is kind of before you were born, Kevin. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, but we bailed out. Uh, that's just maturity, mate. So we bailed out, but uh, we, it's 2015. So look, we got to let's get back in again because I'd always had a single let behind me, and I said, no, we don't want to do this. You know, we got fingers burnt last time. Uh, but yeah, we started looking around 2015, thought, and came across a number of educators in property, which was quite new, and we actually attended some uh, courses, and then. But something didn't didn't fit quite right, and I think it was summer 2015 where we came across Progressive, and and our words I say to Rob himself, I say it was love at first sight because at the time he was very active in the community on Facebook and and it was very engaging at a personal level, and I liked the ethos at the time, and I said to Satnam, I said this this place looks good, and by serendipity, the Derby PPN was starting that same year about a month later. So I said, we've got to get down to this. And it was literally from that point, October 2015, where we came across Progressive at the PPN event. We liked the guys there, liked the ethos. And we said, we made our mind up that you know, we we're going to get properly educated because although we thought we knew things, and I've been in construction 30 odd years, but there was a lot we didn't know and things had moved on. And it's quite different in you know, a regulatory framework and even just the, the management of property. So yeah, 2016, we, we attended Masopi. We were there at the back of the audience. Uh, they're slowly trying to make our way to the front. Uh, but as you do in all these training events, you, you get the seats you get on day one, and day three you're still sitting in the same seats. So uh, we came away from there and did VIP and Progressive. And so right. that really helped us to launch our journey into property. So for anyone for anyone listening in, Masopi is um, the, the Progressive talk for 
MSOPI, which stands for Multiple Streams of Property Income. So if you're new to property, it's an event progressive mm. um, held um, where you could go and learn about different property strategies. And then the VIP is the Progressive's 12-month mentorship program where you get mentored on your property journey. So, um, Ranjas, you, you did the Multiple Streams of Property Income event. You decided to go and join the mentorship program. Mm -hmm. What When was that? Begin, end of 15, beginning of 16? Whereabout was that? Uh, it was, I think it was January 2016. We went to the Multiple Streams event. And we signed up and we cleared our diaries. And I think it was April or May that same year, 2016, we started the VIP program. Right. Um, and we, um, we wanted to do. And we just wanted to make sure we had this time set aside and the focus to actually achieve it. Right. And what sort of strategies have you been focused on then over the last few years? What's what's the um, um, the main the main what did you start with, I guess, for people? So for anyone listening who's at the start of the journey, what was the start bit? And then what do you what what have you kind of moved on into? Okay, so we came away from that day. I think, like many people, they wanted to get rich quickly. We had that mindset, but we realized quickly on this doesn't work like that. So we'd already been in single lets. So when we're coming into this 2016 with a single let behind us, and we like HMOs. And the story I tell is, you know, the HMOs appealed to me because I've never heard of them. But then I realized actually I lived in one. Uh, after graduating, I I, I spent my year, a couple of years after graduating in a, we call them bed sits then, but they were literally HMO. Was, I rented a room out, I shared the kitchen, I shared the bathroom. Uh, that was with humans and mice, if I may say. And and it got me thinking, hang on, I'd lived in one of these before. And I, and the, and the mind, picture in my mind was, I am not going to provide, I'll use the word carefully, crap like that. I lived in, lived in real dump, you know, like I said, you know, threadbare carpets, you know, mice were in the house. I thought if that was a going rate then, that it ain't going to be the same rate, you know, conditions and, and uh, quality in my HMO. So we set out about doing HMOs for professionals in Derby. Um, Derby's got Rolls-Royce, Bombardier, a lot of transient you know, people coming in, graduates coming in. I thought that's who we're going to cater for. And we're going to give them some top quality properties, you know, fully on suited property. We made our mind up in those three or four months. And then the mentorship just just helps us deliver it. And for anyone listening again, a HMO is a house in multiple occupations, so a multi-let property where you rent a room within a property with typically all bills included, and you get share you get your own room and then shared communal spaces. So if you're new to property, what Ranjit's doing is is houses in multiple occupation, multi-let property. Um, Ranjit, so you you focused around Derby with professionals and. Um, with, when you got started, obviously, you've got yourself and your business partner. Did you have your own funds? Did you have to raise money? How did you sort of um, fund the properties? And then did you buy already set up HMOs or did you buy property and convert to HMO? So what, so a little bit for the audience around the, the process you used. Yeah. So one thing we, we learned, and this is kind of you know, coming from a professional background, uh, we did, I treated it as a project. So we sat down, wrote everything that we, we could possibly do in property, and then we crossed off the stuff we didn't, didn't want to do. So we didn't want to do rent to rent, for example. We didn't want to do property sourcing. So it came down to we wanted to hold out, we wanted to buy and hold our properties. So we wanted it for the long run. Um, and we wanted to create HMOs for professionals. So it's very niche down. Money-wise, we did have a little bit of money, I must admit, to start with. But as I say, when the deals are there, the money will come. And, and every month I used to come to Peterborough, whether I had anything to say or not, I would get up on the stage at the deal clinic and say something. 
And it was partly to just let people know who we were, but also to break my own sort of confidence because I was not a natural speaker on stage. And since that time, I made a deliberate attempt to, I want to go and do those things I'm not good at. So people got to know us. And I, I've got to admit, four or five months into the property journey you know, in VIP, we were, we'd bought one HMO. So it wasn't done up. We were going to buy them and do them up because they weren't readily available. Um, and the second one, we wanted to buy. We didn't have the funds now. The opportunity came along. And it was somebody actually in the VIP community said, we would like to do business with you. And believe you me, you know, five, six months line when the transaction's happening, they were saying, where's the JV paperwork? We, you know, and we were, they were signing it on my back, <laughs> leaning over in between uh, the session on, on, one, on August, September that year. So it was quite ironic that we came across a couple of partners from the, the community, from the progressive community. They provided us a loan. So our, our mentor at the time was Mark Doyle, um, you know, very knowledgeable, been there, you know, trod on the path, and he, and he gave us some sound advice. So the JV partners came on board as uh, lo loan partners. So they, they lent us the money at a fixed rate, and uh, we, we thought, well, we've got the money now. Let's get on with it. So within, I think, six, seven months of starting the IP, we had two HMOs on the go, and by another joint venture outside of here, uh, Progressive, we had another third one as well. My my son was moving to, to Sheffield to, you know, uh, study there. And I invested in a little property up there. So that summer or late summer, we had three HMO refurbs on the go. Awesome. So, you know, it, was, it was like, whoa, hang on. We've gone from nothing to, to three projects in, in a very short space of, of time. So also for, for anyone listening in who doesn't know much about the VIP program, the mentorship program, and Ranjit touched on the deal clinic. So at VIP, you get mentored one-to-one, -one, but there's also a number of other things that happen during the day. And one of those is that a deal clinic where you can literally go up on stage and, and share about a property deal you've got and the room, all other members of VIP will look at it and go, they'll help you with it, your deal, and give you advice on it. Or they'll say, do you know what? I like that deal. I'll fund it for you. And the, the money is in the room. They li literally funding deals and they're signing contracts on the back of Ranch's back. That's amazing. So um, That's true. That is, that is true. <laughs> so um, that, J, do you do, that JV partner, did they just lend for one deal? Have you built a relationship for multiple deals since then with them? Um, have, you have you scaled up with more joint ventures? What's, what are you up to now, I guess? Where, where have you come to since 2016? Well, we're five years on. Um, where, where is the, the sort of HMO portfolio grown to? Um, are you still looking at only HMOs or are you looking at other stuff now as well? So just, just a twist in that particular JV was at the end of that one project, um, we sat down with them and said, right, what do you want to do with your money and the interest? And they said, we'd like to reinvest with you. So we actually brought them on as full JV, what do you call it, equity partners. So they didn't take any interest. We turned their loan into a share in the, in the business. So there's four of us in that business, and we've gone on to do a couple more properties in that business. Uh, Satnam and myself also had a, our own uh, business, so we've developed that as well. So we're on to about half a dozen HMOs now. And yeah. they offer professionals, but they're also for students who went into the student market a little bit. Yeah. Um, so that's where we're focused on so far. So at the end of last year, we did our last one. It was a slow journey. I'm not going to say, you know, stand here, but despite the two or three in the first year, we were rocking at that level. Uh, we've done six in total since then. 
plus one What's, or two for other people as well. Now, as mo- like ten keys. So what? what are, so you've done some for others too for for like a packaging fee, is it? That's right. Yeah. So people either find the HMO property, I'll advise on them, and then or we'll find it and then do the full refurb for them or get it done with our builders. So you know, I, I have, we have the in-house resources because I'm a I'm not an architect, but I'm an architectural designer, as well as a uh, chartered civil engineer and structural engineer. So all those things, I can do the construction bit of it. Um, and so between Satnam and myself, we can find the property, we, we can get it you know, done up, and then uh, hand it back to the client and say, there you go, it's all rented for you, here's the keys, you enjoy the, you know, the, the money coming off it. Um, and if you want to refinance it, so usually that's done in cash, but if anyone wants to do refinance, we can put them in touch with good people who can help them with the finance. So that's the turnkey side of it. So awesome. you know, my, my background in construction means it's, it's really easy for me. Multiple streams of income. So you're building Absolutely. your own portfolio with joint venture partners and you're also building portfolios for other people. Other people, yeah. Okay. And um, now you said something interesting as well about, um, you know, we've not done, and I hear this a lot from people who, who are successful. They kind of say, and I guess the environment we're around, we haven't done that much. But actually, <laughs> the average investor in the UK in a lifetime buys two houses. So yeah. you've, done, you've done a lot in a shortage period of time. Um, Thank you. On average, per property, so I want to recognize what you've done, but on average per property, what sort of profit would you make on average sort of across each one of those deals? So we, we initially said we did, we're not interested in cash, we're interested in cash flow. So this mm. was about generating some sort of passive monthly income. Um, so the HMOs we work on, we've been working on, working on net profit. So after all bills and everything, of around £1,000 per property. Right. Prices have been increasing over the last couple of years, so that's probably nearer to sort of eight hundred to thousand pound net net profit per property. Um, I mean, the market as well. You got to read the market conditions. Satnam's forever kind of advising me strongly, saying we don't want seven eight bed HMOs because they will not work. So our little niche market is five bed HMOs with off road parking. Mm. That's very hard to get. So the yields and the returns aren't as good. But the occupancy and the desirability, they're in nicer areas, is, is that much yeah. higher? So that's what we've done with the professionals. HMOs for students, again, students don't like living in seven, eight-bed HMOs anymore. They don't want to be living. And with COVID as well recently, uh, the demand for smaller units is, is that much higher. So for students, we've done three-stroke, four-bed HMOs. So smaller ones, not as great and not as sexy in the numbers. Uh, so mm. they net about £800 a month, which is, you know, four or five times what you would get on a single let. So, you know, it's not sexy numbers, it's not big numbers, but the way we look at it, slow and steady, every bit helps. And uh, yeah. the other side, we haven't taken any income because we had multiple income streams already. The money made in the property has been reinvested. So hopefully, I think, because unless if COVID hadn't happened, we may have been taking income last year, but we just pushed that back 12 months and said, we'll wait till COVID's over when we've weathered the storm then we'll take a, a small income, you know, uh, because um, like so we have got other income streams. What, what you really interesting point you touched on there was the five-bed HMO model, because I'm, mm. I'm a firm believer of, I, I teach people about the sweet spot for HMOs, four to six bedrooms. It's the sweet yeah. spot. Seven bedrooms, you start getting into planning permission requirements. Mm. And depending on where you are, obviously, in Article 4, you need planning anyway. But outside of Article 4, four to six beds with sweet spot two reasons one is the planning but the second reason is um when you go to like seven eight nine ten beds professionals don't necessarily want to live in that sort of property so not that it won't work 
but it'll be a lower demographic tenant type that you'll mm-hmm. typically get. So um, really, really smart plan. And it's about the clarity. So I hope people will be getting really good guidance and notes from what you're saying there, um, Ranjit, because mm-hmm. it's the clarity of your plan and then not getting offset by the plan. And I, it's coming mm-hmm. across really well here of um, you're very focused on what you're doing. And I, I'm guessing that means you've really stuck to that model and not gone off trying to do other things that work, but not your plan, like commercial conversion, single lets, um, various different types of strategies you've kind of stayed away from? Uh, so far we have. So the HMO or the, that market is quite severely affected last year. So we did actually bring that what's the investment cycle to close last year. So we have made a conscious decision not to do professional HMOs. Okay. They still work. They still work in the right areas because you know, if you put something on the market better than everyone else's, it will let. Um, but with, with my background, we're actually looking at commercial conversions or new builds now mm. down a single let mark route because I think the future is going to be like that. But with COVID still in the air, people thinking, I want to live in smaller numbers. Um, and, you know, the margins are a bit better as well. So I was, you know, looking back, I, we, I've clocked up 504 clients in 20 years of running my design business so there's 504 clients out there most of them are happy and i'm sure they've been down one or two aren't but it, with that i've done commercial conversions i've done new builds i've got two new builds on the go at the moment four clients these are just mm. their jobs and um, so i'm thinking well actually i can do some of this myself so we're you know looking for investors to work with us and a few people have approached us many times you have to say no because the expectations from investors can be a bit wild or a bit naive um, so we're looking just just to get a couple of three people who just want to who've got the money, we've got the experience and time, bring it all together. And what we're looking at particularly is something in the care sector. Right. So you know, children going from uh, childhood into adulthood who need looking after. We would like to create a facility for them. Um, mm. The backstory here being, you know, Satnam, my business partner, his young child, young son, is in that category, and we look forward and think, hmm. What's life like going to be like like going to be for him in the few next few years as we all get older? So we're looking to not just be for him, but for children like him, who perhaps you know aren't as fortunate to have parents who are able as we are uh, so mm. far. So that's that's very niche, very specific, very maybe you might call it uh, you know greedy of us to do it for selfishly, but uh, that's what we want to do. And along that journey, I'm sure we'll pick up. I mean, I missed out on two or three projects this year because they just slip through your net fingers, don't they, when somebody bids 20 quid more or something. So um, so we, we're looking at, uh, you know, old buildings to repurpose them into into flats, that kind of thing, or build build some new houses or new flats. Mm. Lo- loving the focus of, like, we're doing the HMO. Now we're going to focus on something else. We're not going to try and do the two together. We're going to park mm. that. We're going to do this. So really good focus. What would you say to anybody who's um, thinking about getting started in property? Um, maybe, maybe, they, maybe they were in property in the past and they stopped like you did, and then they're looking to get restarted again. Um, what would you say to them around whether now's a good time, whether there's opportunities there or not, and whether they could potentially, whether they can do it as well? Absolutely. I think they say the best time to invest in property was like a decade ago, but the second best is today. So it's always going to be right for the time. You don't know what the future holds, so don't be worried about the future because otherwise you'll get nothing done. Um, I always say people spend you know, three or four months reading, you know, watching, listening, whatever it might be, YouTube videos, the progressive you know, library of stuff, anything you can get your hands on. Just go and, go and observe, observe, observe things, 
and learn and absorb as much knowledge as you can. And I, so right at the beginning is write all these strategies down on a piece of paper and cross off the ones you don't want to do and deliberately make an, a, a, a point of not doing them, even if they come along and they look really good. Be, be focused that you're not going to do that. Not today, maybe later. But that will whittle you down to two or three things that you really want to do and then focus on those. Um, and the biggest thing is, you know, a lot of us don't do it for the money. The money will come. The money will be there. Think of the higher purpose beyond that. What are you doing this for? Like I said, mine was, I don't want to, I don't want, you know, I'd call it my 18-year-old daughter to go and live in a HMO, which is full of rats and mice. So I picture that in my head, and, and that's what we deliver is a, is a property for graduates, you know, 18, 20, 22, first time out of home possibly, who have nice place to live that, that the mum and dads would be happy of. You know, I would be happy, my, my child living one of those. So that's a kind of product. So you work backwards from that and say, right, that's my client. That's the person I want to serve and help. And this is the product I want to produce and the money will follow. Um, really great advice. What, with the, obviously the VIP program and you attending the initial multiple streams event, how much do you think that education has helped you on the journey? And do you feel it's, it's um, prevented you from making mistakes that you might have otherwise have made? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, there's the knowledge you gain, but also the friendships you, you kind of make as you go along on that journey. Uh, we've got friends going back now five, six years who, you know, were there at the beginning. We went on the journey together and the friends now. And we help each other. It may not be we do deals or anything, but that, oh, can I just phone Kevin up and have a bit of a, a chin wagon, have a bit of a chat about something? Those kind of things are just so valuable. And that following an educational route, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, there's a lot of education out there. People say, should you pay for it? Should it be free, et cetera? Um, you know, I believe, yes, get as much free education as you can. But there comes a point where you've got to pay your, your cost of entry, you might say. You've got to pay for the ticket at some point. So you can pay through it by learning from others who have made the mistake, mistakes, or you can pay for making your own mistakes. One way or the other, you're going to pay for it. Uh, in my head, I'd rather not make too many big mistakes. And you know, we found going through the VIP really helpful because we were around people who'd been there, done that. So if we had a problem, you know, talking to two or three people, problem gone. And that education allows us to stay focused and not start to meander off and do other things because opportunities come along when, you're, when you put yourself out there. Um, one of the most powerful things for me is exactly what you've just said there, which is the community, the, the network of people that it's about the people, not just the knowledge, because they, they, I, for me, it was in, in the belief that it gave me. But what, what are the sort of key things that you feel the other people in the community have helped you with? Um, you know, the, the network, the other members of the VIP, not the mentors. I mean, the other members of VIP. What would be the main things that you've benefited from those yeah. by? So, so the, there's friendships and associations but, but built on sort of knowledge. So you go to people. But also there's a certain accountability. So never mind the mentor. Uh, when you put it out in the public, I want to do this. They won't, you know, the community doesn't say, well, why haven't you done, why haven't you done this? It says, well, how are you getting on with that? Is there any way I can help? And they, you know, that's, those friendships help you along those journey, on that journey. And you know, if you come up with a bit of a problem, it's, there are people you can go on to. So I do quite often, you know, in the VIP Facebook group, put put messages in and and get feedback back as well, and help others as well. So I think it's knowledge, and you never stop learning. Um, you know, I was I was out with a client a few days ago, and they bought a, a brand new bit, well, an old building. And they're going to repurpose into into five flats, uh, HMOs in each. And I went to have a look at it. They'd already bought it and, and stuff. And I went through it. So, oh, where are you with your capital allowances on this? 
And so, what do you mean? I said, capital ounces? And I'd educated them on that. And, and I said, you know, you're sitting on looking at what I can see, and I'm not an expert. There's 50,000 pounds worth of money here, you know, tax-free money. They say, here's a number, call him up and get him here and, and do this thing. You don't know what you don't know. Exactly. So these mm. little snippets, I mean, you know, it only needs to be one new thing you learn and it'll be from someone you haven't met yet. And mm. that's the bit, the, the, the power of community. Now, I'm a strong believer in community. No man can do anything by themselves, whether it's your own business partner, JV partners, or the bigger community. You know, the more you put in, the more you get out. Um, you've obviously, you're moving in now to commercial and stuff. What have you got an end goal? I mean, what when what's what's the exit plan? What's the end goal plan? Is there like a is there an exit? Is there an end, or um, is it just keep going? We're going to keep going. I'm never going to retire. That's one thing uh, I've always said. Uh, So retirement isn't an option. You know, I I was working in corporate life for 30 years. So you know, I started off working um, on a building site. It was actually Lord's Cricket Ground in 1986. So it was February, March, 86, I was in cold terraces there, you know, um, setting out uh, for, for, you know, the terraces, the mound stand, as it is called now. So when that was just a pile of dirt, I was there. And in 2019, so what's that, 33 years of working in the industry, graduating and so on, I hung up my boots and went solo. So I talk about my design business, my structural um, and architectural business. I'd been doing that for about 20 years before, just on the side uh, for family, for friends and friends of friends. And then 2019, when I'd made that move, that became, well, it's a lifestyle now uh, because it's replaced my income plus a bit more. You've got the property income, which helps when, when we start withdrawing it. Um, but it's given me my time back. So I'm thinking, okay, I mean, I'm 54 now. Um, yeah, don't make any comments on that. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, next 20 years, 25 years of my life, what do I want to do? You know, I want to do just carry on more of the same. But uh, so at the pace of a tortoise, not the hare. That's who I am. You know, I'll do it slow and steady and we'll just crack on with things and opportunities come and go. Life has its ups and downs. You know, there could be a, you know, there could be a, you know, a chasm waiting around the corner. Who knows? Mm. Uh, but until that happens, we just cr- crack on and just do, do a little, little, little high quality, but often, yeah, not, not too many big projects. We'll just crack on and do things with people and enjoy the journey with the people uh, that you sort of business partner with or, or meet up along the way. Quite often, actually, some people are too focused on the journey and they forget to enjoy the journey. So it's, I really like what you've just said there about enjoying the journey. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, 2019, like I said, I left corporate life. And so that was May the 16th. 18th, I was actually hosting a training event because I run a mastermind, a small mastermind group on the side. And people have been asking, I said, well, why not? And I came out a week after having left and gone through the motions of I've left you know, left a life for another life. I said, well, you know, we've enjoyed ourselves every, every so often. What, what, do I, what do I want to do? We sat down with the kids. I said, Dad, let's go on holiday. I said, where do you want to go? Well, we've been telling you for the last five years. I said, oh, God, come on. I said, tell you what, you price it all up. You're old enough now to price it up, create an itinerary and tell me. And bless, and bless, bless them. They all came back within a, in a couple of days. I said, right, here you go, Dad. Here's a 14-day itinerary. We fly from here. We do, 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 do all this. This is the cost breakdown, a little bit of pocket money. And I said, you know what? The fact that you've done this, I feel, it makes me feel proud that you're know, my kids. And the trip was a life, trip of a lifetime. We, we took the family to Japan. So 2019, wow. you know, uh, May, June, we were planning it. In July, we were in, in Japan for two weeks. And I'll tell you, I mean, it's, it's memories. 
it's the part of the journey, it's enjoying the journey, money, money ain't going to go with us. And mm. I came back and thought, oh, bloody, bloody hell, what have I done? <laughs> you know, we haven't really kicked my business off. I've left work. What do we do? But, you know, you persevere, you, you dig in, and, you know, things turn around. Within a few months, we've got a, two, two projects on the go. With the property side, my business was starting to take off as well because I was putting the time and energy into it. So, yeah, things turned around, and 2020 was a busy year. We did three properties last year, actually. Um, we only planned to do one. We ended up doing that three. So we thought, looking back, I think, how the hell did we do that despite COVID? Uh, you know, things got strung out and stuff, but in the end, we got there. So I look back and think, you know, it's been a, a very blessed time. That sometimes without with having a, an end in mind, is great. Having a goal and objective is great. Achieve it. But you just enjoy the journey as you go along. Absolutely. So, Ranjit, what would you say to anyone listening in um, as top tips for getting started in property? And what should they sort of focus on? So, first of all, don't rush in. Once, once you realize property is for you, don't make it the 100% thing you're going to do. So, flip that around. Learn the basics slowly. Take a bit of time, maybe a few months if that's what it takes. But learn the basics so you've got a good grounding before you decide to focus. And then focus on one thing and do it really well. Um, and that focus will help. And, you know, avoid the shiny objects, as they say. If something else comes along, there will always be something which is better than what you're doing. Avoid that distraction. You know, stay focused. Like we did on HMOs for professionals, we stayed focused on that. And I would say, you know, do that to anybody. If you're going to be deal sourcing or if you're going to be commercial conversions or you're just going to be connecting people whatever you're going to do focus on that for a period of time and own, own that space and become really 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 expert at it um, that way you've got a good solid grounding then you can be far before you do anything else so education focus and surround yourself with good people you know it's difficult at the moment with not being able to meet but there are different ways of meeting you know virtual meetings and you can i think soon start to meet up in small groups so if there's a, a network event near you you know go and go to it 10 and, and always ask questions. Always, always ask questions. Uh, I think Clubhouse, where Rob spends a lot of time, and I'm spending a lot of time, and you are as well. It's a great place. Go in there. Yeah. You're on the stage with you know, great people like yourself. Jump on there and ask questions. You know, if you're in there, just, just have the ability to ask any, any question because there is no dumb question. Um, and that's what I would say to people. Is always, always keep asking questions because the more questions you ask, the more you will learn mm. and therefore avoid the mistakes uh, you know, further down the line. Yeah, really, really great advice. So, Ranjit, thank you for taking the time out to come and join us. Um, it's a really inspiring journey. It's going to really help people who are looking to get started as well in property. So um, thank you again. And really, really looking forward to watching your progress through the commercial conversion journey now as well and seeing how that goes. So best of luck with it. And not that you need luck, just need action, but best of action with it. So um, thank you, Ranjit, for joining us. Um, so you've been listening to an interview with Ranjit Shira, who's come through the progressive um, community over the last few years. He's doing some great things in property. Um, let me know um, how you're getting on in your property journey as well. So wherever you're watching this video from, let me know how you're doing in your property journey. Reach out to us. Join the Progressive Property Facebook community. There's over 35,000 people in there actively sharing their property investment journey. So come and join us, get some support and get some inspiration from people like Ranjit. So I've been Kevin McDonald. He, Ranjit's been Ranjit. You've been absolutely awesome. See you soon. Thank you. Cheers, Ranjit. How was that? That was good. Enjoyed that, mate. Thank you very much. Awesome. Yeah, you're a na natural, natural presenter and questioner. <laughs> so, great stuff. Great interview.